what the Heather, do it. I, I've never been able to do just, that. You just lower your voice. No. <laughs> hey, welcome to Talk Comics to me. It's Champ Champenstein. <clears throat> I am Heather. Uh, look, your voice was... And it's, now it's just doing that like I have to. Uh, <clears throat> this is, you know, I said again, talk comics to me. We're we're here to talk about comics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to post this like tonight. So it's up early. I'm going to do it. Oh you just God. watch me. Oh this God. is going to be up on Thursday night, the night we record. I promise. You're not even going to be ready for it. You're not. You're going to say, what is this notification <laughs> that I have? It's me. It's us. <laughs> All right, Heather, if you, uh, if you want to take it away, you can. I, you know, I will. I will. I'm here with this book. This is The Knight and the Lady of Play. This is by Jonathan Luna. It's a one-shot. Uh, this is about a soldier. I'm trying to get it so there's no glare. Yeah, I'm sorry. The lighting in here sucks right now because of daylight savings time. I'll figure it out at some yeah. point. If only we lived in Arizona. Um, this is about a soldier named Vincenzo who, when the war in Italy is done, he is making his way back home. The story is told through, <laughs> through the woods, actually. Um, the story is told Sorry. through, <laughs> through <laughs> that letters he is writing to his wife about how, you know, he's coming home, the war is done. Um, he ends up in the woods where there's a witch and she curses him and he discovers that all of the men that was in his unit they've been in the the woods the whole time none of them actually got home so it's him stuck in the woods and trying to i wouldn't say befriend the witch because that's not what he's trying to do he's just trying to like appease her so that he He can get out yes he can get out but he ends up striking a deal with her where her his men go and he stays It's uh, it, I really like this book. It ended up being very sad at the end. It yeah. bummed me out, and I want more. But this is it. It's just the one shot, so I have to live with this. It was incredible. I really liked it. <laughs> the art was really good. The story was like pretty simple, but really got me. That's by Jonathan Luna. Right? Uh huh. Yeah. Jonathan Luna. Uh, okay. Well. I don't have a lot to say because this is fairly self-explanatory. Everyone knows Macbeth. <laughs> uh, this is a comic book that is an adaptation of the story or William Shakespeare's Macbeth. Um, I got this because, I don't know, you guys all probably know this by now, I would assume, is that I, I do tend to like Shakespeare. Uh, it's something I grew up with. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Uh, and I do, I think Macbeth is probably one of my favorite stories it's just so because it is so good. It's yeah. so good. It's um, the only like Shakespeare story that I was ever able to read. Yeah. And it's probably because like the witches. And... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just, there's something about this story I really enjoy and, um, I did not get through all of it because words (laughs) there are a lot of words obviously it's an adaptation adaptation of Macbeth (laughs) and it's only two issues so there's a a thick one yeah it's pretty thick uh so yeah when I had gotten like about halfway through I was like I gotta I gotta put this down and read other comics but I personally really like the art um it's in black and white and kind of very like sketchy and dark and like shadowy um I could see why other people wouldn't like it and Mm -hmm. like it can. I feel like the flow and everything and who people are is a little confusing, but once you get like a hold of like what certain faces look like, it's a little easier. Oh my god, the words are so hard to see. Yeah, yeah. That's... I think that would be my only issue with it. Ah. So yeah, I was saying just because I think too with the like black and mm-hmm. the white and the words being black and white too, it just kind of fades into the background. But Macbeth. I talked about that longer than I thought I would. It's, it's Macbeth. <laughs> it's Macbeth. Uh, so next we have Two Graves. This is issue number one. Uh, this is by Genevieve Valentine and Ming Doyle and Annie Wu. Uh, colors by Lee Luffridge on oh, Adita Bidikar does the, the letters. That's why they were so good. <laughs> uh, and I, like I said, I know that they're almost done lettering. I'm sure this is probably one of their last things mm-hmm. um 
Heather liked this more than I did, so I'm going to let Heather talk about it. Yeah, so let me just say a few things that I liked about it, because I do understand why you didn't like it. Yeah. I Because I did have a difficult time reading it at first, but I think that's... I, I, I don't know. So it's just basically about this girl who is on a road trip with death. Uh, they're just... That's literally it. Um, it is kind of confusing in the sense that, like, we don't know why she is there. We don't know what their relationship is, like, why they're together, mm-hmm. and, like... He says some things within it that makes it feel like she is something more important to him. But we don't know why. Like, we don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I liked it. But again, I also get why. Yeah, I just felt felt like the story, like, lacked, like, I could definitely take it, like, that. Because I understand the the story's going to unfold as it goes. Mm -hmm. And you're going to figure out, like, why they're together. But it just, like, their dynamic and relationship felt, like, very stiff. Yeah, because it jumps all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, the way, again, it's... So, yeah, there's just, like, little aspects of it that I just, like, just didn't vibe with me. I like the art a lot. Yeah, like, the I art like, was really good. I like the colors a lot. Um, yeah. Um, and in the back, there's a... I don't know how to say that. Columbari- columbarium? Sounds right to me. Columbarium? Yeah. Um, just about stars and death and stuff like that and it is very interesting and I really really liked reading that um but yeah that's two graves two graves that's it (laughs) so yeah I don't I don't know like I'm sure I don't know I don't know if anybody I don't know who likes it I don't know I think I'm probably one of the I just really like stories where death is a person Mm -hmm. and I mean it is supposed to basically be like Persephone yeah so which I'm (laughs) also into yeah um okay so I'll, I'll just keep going we don't need to get into that uh this is monsters of metal <laughs> this is uh this is another one shot uh this is one of the silliest books i've ever read this is just a, about a group of monsters who become bored with their uh never-ending life and so they're like what if we just start playing metal they decide they're really good, so they want to take it on tour, but there's the, the rule that monsters cannot blend in with humans at all. They can't be around humans. If humans discover who they are, then they have to be killed. That's just the end of it. So they front as, like, that's their costumes, and they are the monsters of metal. It is so silly. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that goes on in there, like the the lead, the, the guy that's on the cover here, the guitarist, that is... Frankenstein's creature and the entire time he is pining after the bride of Frankenstein and she doesn't want to be with him because she's like we're basically made of the same parts like that's gross (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible there's a lot of like really small stuff that happens that's really funny Uh, so it's it's very goofy and I (laughs) I like this so much wow (laughs) banging some dude and she turns him to stone and they're response to it is to just throw him in a dumpster <laughs> it's inc- it was just very silly mm. i'm very pleased Does with it, it remind you of like 80s camp yeah very much so because it kind of looks like that <laughs> yeah it, but that's also being told as like a home movie about yeah. like why they're doing it and stuff and the werewolf guy is my favorite because he keeps turning back into a human and he's always confused like oh my god where am i and then he's <laughs> like oh my god it's happening and then just turns back into it's that art is really good yeah it's it was it was a lot of fun i really really enjoyed this book so that's it monsters of metal <laughs> <laughs> um all right I got a book that I forgot I ordered. <laughs> I mean, when you order things three months in advance, I think that happens. Yeah, very true. Um, and sometimes I'm just like, ah, just at it. Yep. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is The Voices of Water. This is by Tiziano Sclavi and uh, Witherdell Edra does the art who he also does art for something is killing the children here's the book uh this is about a man who hears voices when it rains or when it's like water stavros yeah stavros and yes several different voices talk to him sometimes whispering sometimes yelling whenever he hears water running uh so all throughout this book 
um, that I've read so far, about a fourth of it, it's raining the entire time. Um, it's kind of told in different like segments. It's all once again in like black and white, very sketchy. I once again I really enjoyed it, but I could see why other people wouldn't because it's kind of. Here, I'll just go to this page. It can be a lot, I suppose, just like a lot of... It seems a lot easier, though, than the Macbeth one. Yeah, because it's just not as dark, Yeah, I think. Um, otherwise, I think this book is a little confusing. Uh, a little weird just because of the nature of what it's about anyway, because he's basically schizophrenic, mm-hmm. for lack of a different word in this situation. So, Voices of the Water of water voices the voices of water we got it <laughs> too many these in there <laughs> scooch him over a little bit okay um so next we have gospel this is issue number one another book by just one person will morris makes it easy mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> uh heather you talk about this one too okay do you want me to just read the inside? Yeah, might as okay. well. Because it does a really good job of explaining it. England, 1538. It is a period of turmoil, a period of new technology, of prog- progress, colliding <laughs> with old ways of haves and have-nots, of unbridled ambition and greed. For over 900 years, dynasties have risen and fallen, but one thing has endured. The Church of Rome's power over England's religious life, until that is. King Henry VIII wished to remarry. Um, I'm not going to keep reading any of this because it just goes into what King, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Henry VIII did and the Pope and all that. But basically this story takes place during that period of time. Um, it follows, um, is, is her name Matilda? Matilda. Yeah, Matilde. Matilde. Uh, yes, she wants to be known for doing things. Um, and she is friends with a bard who is the one who is like telling her stories and stuff, but he obviously embellishes them, makes them more. Uh, but there is way more to this story, obviously, Mm -hmm. because it's like a story within a story that's been expanded into a bigger story. So I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. I think that's why I I really liked it. Cause I was like, Oh, I love, yeah, I love how it starts out with a bartender telling this story, and mm-hmm. then the bard's like, I know where you got that story. Yeah, I'm actually the one who wrote that <laughs> story. And then you find, yeah, that. And then when you get to this part where it's like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. And then you find out that it's just another story that's being told, and we're just really deep into mm-hmm. this story. Yeah. Uh, it looks fantastic. Yeah, the art and, is so good. Yeah. The colors, too. Like, her hair is such a vibrant, mm-hmm. like bluish green gray color yeah it's i would definitely recommend mm-hmm. this especially if you're into all of this kind of stuff yeah, i would say like medieval-ish stuff because mm-hmm. they also do go into a lot of like history aspects and like the idea of religion within these stories and within their world which i really enjoyed um yeah i would highly recommend this book probably one of my favorites this week actually I added it to my poll after just special ordering it, so I did like it quite a bit. Yeah, I um, I added it when I first noticed it just because of the way that it was solicited, because it was like Miyazaki meets Henry VIII, and I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like everything I like. Yeah. I was like really intrigued by the cover. Mm-hmm. I think the cover does a really good job of being like, I want to know what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like all of the covers are really like that way, but... I'm excited. I'm really, like, curious to see what happens. Seems like it's going to be really good, so Mm -hmm. fingers crossed. Okay. (laughs) So, last week you heard me talk about number one. Now let's get right into number two. This is Orc Island. Um, mm. Oh, no. Um, Again? Well, I will explain to you why in this issue. There was a part that made me very uncomfortable. Oh, no. Um... So you want to put your orc island in the... Yeah, (laughs) I suppose. Okay. And the easel that Chris made for us. Yes. So they end up making it to orc island, and upon reaching the island, they are immediately attacked by orcs because they're invading orc island. Orcs. Orcs. Not to be confused with orcs. Yes. Um... So they're, like I said, they're on this mission to kill orcs to take their skulls back because that will make them rich. That's how they make money in the land that they are from. Um, 
The part that made me uncomfortable was they find some, what do they refer to them as in here? Travelers, pretty much, like traveling orcs. They're very poor. Um, it's a family. There's kids. Okay. There are parents. And they just straight up kill the kids. Like, brutally kill the kids. Yeah, they just murder the shit out of those kids. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... It made me a little uncomfortable. I don't like seeing... And I know it's orcs. I know it's fantasy, whatever. But I don't like seeing kids get killed. Yeah. Especially in that way. It just makes me a little uncomfy. Um, so, yeah. There was that. And I feel like it was just kind of brushed over. But, I mean, otherwise, this it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I really, really like the art for it. The story at the end was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Dark Dark Sea. It's about this... I don't need a sea dragon, ruler of all I see. <laughs> Everything was under my control. It's just this little sea dragon who goes around in the ocean and is like, I made that. I made that. That's, I did that. And then <laughs> randomly discovers like uh, a necklace that falls down from the top mm -hmm. and realizes that he didn't make that. He's like, oh, so I have to take it back because it's, it's not mine. And he discovers that there's more to this world. Aww. He says, I'm just a part of a world that's all around me waiting to be discovered. Okay. It's nice. Yeah. It was it was very cute. I didn't create my world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that was my favorite part of it was just that little end story. And again, I don't dislike this story at all. I think it's it's fun. It's a really cool idea, but there are just parts of it that don't feel good. <laughs> I don't like how they go to this this island and just start killing these orcs. They just want to be on the island. It's their island. <laughs> Um, so I have Batman vs. Robin. This is issue number three. I think there's only one more? What? I thought there was only three. For some reason I thought there I was might one be, more. Yeah, I might be wrong. I mean, the way this one ends, it feels mm -hmm. like there has to be one more, okay. honestly. Um, I don't really know what to say about this book because there's a lot going on. Basically, the devil Nezha has been... Uh, possessing Damien and getting him to recruit all the Robins or bring him all the Robins to possess them to try to take down Batman. And this is kind of, yeah, the penultimate <laughs> issue. We've been using that word a lot today. Uh, so yeah, this kind of is the high point of the story. You have Batman fighting all of the different Robins kind of it, and they are telling him like all of their like basically deep dark secrets and how they felt about their relationship with Bruce and Bruce is kind of trying to deal with that while fighting them. Uh, there's a lot going on. I really like this issue. It's just all their grievances, all their grievances and all the stuff they've had to deal with. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a good, good little story. I suppose if you like Batman. Okay. Why it. is it called Batman and well, I guess they were all Robins at one point. Well, yeah, because the main thing is, like, it started with Damien. Oh, okay. okay. And, like, the main drive of all of this is Damien. Okay, that makes more sense. So, yeah, this, uh, he is very much just versing Robin, Damien Robin. And this is Damien and this little Batman Um, I love that. Suit in the I thought it was just Batman with an upgrade. No, no, it's Damien. I love that. That's cute. So yeah, it's just, uh, this is gonna roll into the Lazarus... The pit? Pit, is that what it's called? Yeah. Lazarus world, Lazarus some shit. Oh wait, was, I'm thinking of like the actual pit. Well yeah, no, there, it's the event that's happening. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was. No. <laughs> I don't know anything about Lazarus. No, it is a Lazarus. I know, pit. I know. I'm saying I don't know anything about like what's happening. Yeah, I like say, next. but yeah, there's a giant event spinning out of this that is going to like that's what's all in that that DC Connect for like the next couple months okay. because it's there's a bunch of them. Um, I am still deciding if I want to get any of those books because I don't really want to, but I suppose I'll see where this ends and see if I care. I've been wanting to get caught up because uh, I did read the first issue. I liked it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good book, but like, I just don't. 
I don't need anything. I don't need an event that spins out of it that's just full of fucking one shots. Yeah. No, I'm tired of it. (laughs) Like, I have, like, this story is fine. Just Mm -hmm. let me have this story, and I don't want to go beyond it. I'm getting a little tired of Marvel and DC, (laughs) uh, to be completely honest. Like, give me a break, bro. Yeah. I think I'm just going to stick with indies from now on. (laughs) Um, So, next we have Specs. This is issue number one. Um,. It's a book by David Booher and Chris Sheehan. Um, I this was one of my favorite books this week. I I think this was just my favorite book this mm-hmm. week. Like we were talking about this earlier, it's very good. It's mm-hmm. just about these two kids in the '80s who discovered in the back of a, an old comic an ad for these glasses that will grant your wishes. So. Yeah, I love the art, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. David Booher did uh, Rain. Oh, okay. And that uh, queer space book I read that I can't remember the name of. I'm pretty sure. I am pretty sure. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Canto... I looked up booger instead. <laughs> that should not have been that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to show me the books that they do. Um, this book was a lot more gay than I... Oh, Killer Queens, that's what it's called. Okay. Um, lots of fly, firefly issues. But yeah, this book was better than I thought it was. A little more gay than I thought it was going to be. Not mm-hmm. that that's a problem with me, but I was just like, oh... I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, it was a different kind of gay than what I normally read. Mm-hmm. I don't the way that I worded that made it sound weird, but it, I, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just something about the story that was just like really simple, straightforward, and good. Yeah, I like how <clears throat> I don't know if they explain how the glasses work in this issue, like the rules and things they can't do mm-hmm. with them and stuff. I. I like that they just set up the boundaries right away so that you know kind of what you're getting into. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure this book is only going to be four issues. I think so, yeah. So I'm I'm curious how they're going to get in and out of the story like so quickly and like how it's going to resolve itself. So I already want more, though. Like, <laughs> I, just, I wanted to just keep going, but I, I it's not one of those that has that ability. So We'll see. Whatever. You never know. You never know. All right. All right. Um, (laughs) So I'm not going to talk about this one because I didn't actually read it. Uh, This is Wildcats back from a little (laughs) break. I I don't know what to call it. It hasn't been out for a while. Like three years. Three years. Yeah. It's been... Oh, because it wasn't through Vertigo before, right? Yeah. So it's been the past three years. And because nobody wants Wildcats or needs Wildcats. Right. Right. So I feel like I have to defend myself here. (laughs) Um, It's by Matthew Rosenberg. And you don't have to defend yourself. No, I know. I just just said something mean. That's not on you. um, I don't know why. I think I... Did I only special order this first one? I honestly cannot remember. I can't that. remember either. I thought I only special ordered it. I feel like it, you but... did only special order it, but that was Monday when I pulled those books. Right. So. Um, but I do really like Grifter, which is why I wanted to read it. Like Matthew Rosenberg, Segovia. I just like, okay, cool. I'm going to read it. And then I didn't. Um, and that's because Champ ruined it for me. <laughs> The, hey. the letters, <laughs> the letters um, are not uh, for me, and I didn't realize it until I tried reading it. Um, they're not; they're very legible. You can see what's happening. It just I I made a comment in my head to myself about what it looked like, and I just couldn't take it seriously. Yeah, no, the lettering I I did, and this is my fault. I went to go read this book on Monday because I like Matthew Rosenberg, and I was like, oh, I'll at least give it a read. And I opened it, and I literally, the text was abominable to me. Like, that lettering was just, like, I can't abide it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not... It's can't not do it. it. It's, it's a no from me, dog. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. Um, I am going to read it, though. Um, just when I'm, you know, in, like, a nicer mood. I feel like I get why it looks like that. Yeah. I, I suppose if you like wildcats, try it. 
You keep calling it wild cards, but, you know. I, I cannot, like, ever since you said it the other day, that's what I've been calling it. It's <laughs> like wild, wild cards and even Rachel Wood. Like, <laughs> they're worm, brain worms, and they just, like, won't leave me. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I guess I will talk about my next book. After School, this is issue number four. This is the last issue of this. Um, so this has just been an anthology by different people each time. This one is by Leon Hendricks III and Eric Zawadowski. Zawadowski, sorry, bro. Um, and Fabiana Mascolo does the colors. This story was about a high school club that basically ends up turning into a cult and commits murders. I love that for them. Yeah, it was a I I've really actually enjoyed like all of the stories that have that I've read of this like little anthology book. They were all very like very solid. Um I like the art in all of them. And for really just four issues, I don't think it was not not worth my time. Yeah. That's really all I have to say. So, little little horror anthology. Very good. Thank you, thank you. I loved it. Uh, we have Love Everlasting next. This is issue number four. This is a war story. Mm-hmm. And I just realized what Tom King's doing. What is Tom King doing? Because in each story it's been, like, they're all love stories, but they've also been, like, this one's a war story. The last one was a western. Mm-hmm. The one before that was like so they're all within that realm of like what these stories were like within like the silver age of comics oh okay so like i when i got to the like when i was about halfway through this i was like oh shit very smart i really love that Mm -hmm. um i didn't even i was just thinking of all the the movies that i've seen when i was growing up yeah no it's all this like the different types of silver age books that existed in encompassing that is like the romance story um but yeah this takes you back to just a straight up story like you don't have any of the layers of her being hunted her being hunted even though that is her hunter yeah um so it's basically her and the man who has been hunting her in this war war story about world war one and about them falling in love and then at the end it switches to something completely different it's uh but she still has like the memories from the past story and i don't know there's something about this book i really really like and i don't i like it's the art it's like the story itself there's something i just can't quite put my finger on it's really good it's just confusing enough where i'm just like i I like this where i it's keeping me on my toes and then also the story the stories that are contained within there the love stories are also really fun and interesting Mm -hmm. I do like this one, how he keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. It was really sad. Yeah, it, it was very sad. Um, but I'm glad that they finally got to fall in love. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Love Everlasting. I think it's, I personally think it's worth worth a read. I suppose we'll get, I'll, I'll feel differently as we get closer to the end or mm-hmm. once we get it all wrapped up. But Was it six issues? I'm pretty sure it's six. Yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Um, this is Locust Ballad of Men. This is issue number three. There you go. Um, this is just the story about if Locust took over the world and there was a, a weird cult being run by a man that used to be really good friends with you who's hunting you. Okay. Yeah. Does that guy? Yeah, that's the, the guy who's chasing you. He's trying to hunt you down. Um, but the reason he's hunting the man, Max, the main character, down is because Max rescued a girl, like a young child that they were going to sacrifice. Okay. And he said, no, she's like seven, dude. And like took her and ran. So this is him and the girl, like he's trying to keep her alive, makes her pancakes for the very first time. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. Um, and yeah, that's it. Right. It's, it's just a it's a cute little post-apocalyptic story you know it's, i do enjoy it quite a bit especially because it's locusts and that's like a very gross thing to, yeah. to think about but 
It, I feel like it's coming to an end, though, because they're on the other side of the story. They're like scientists who are kind of discovering mm-hmm. how to take them down. So we're getting there. Maybe one day. <laughs> What's going on, Jen? What you doing? She got all that nasty puke out of her. Now <laughs> she's ready to go. Uh, next, on that note. I have Sabretooth and the Exiles. This <clears throat> picks up from the end of the Sabretooth run. He ends up at a Orcus... I think that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, ship. He ends up on an Orcus ship where they're doing experiments on mutants. Um, the doctor starts doing experiments on him. The other group that he had left underground has are after him because they're pissed off for the because he left them mm-hmm. underground with no cares or anything whatsoever. And then that's that's where this picks up. Um, I still really like this. I think my favorite part of this book specifically is the uh, X pages, which I know I should not say. I traditionally do not read. Because I'm... Don't blame you. (laughs) They have important information, but a lot of times it's, like, easily skimmable and you can just kind of, like, figure out what you need. But with these, I just really like what they're saying within uh, the book, like, the little story itself. This one especially, I'll just read, like, a little bit of the end of it. Uh... Basically, they're just ta- Mole is talking about how this is there's an overstory uh, that's about gods and heroes and the good deeds and pretty faces. It's the stuff they tell you that matters about the kinds of people who matter. And then there's an understory about folks like Mole, Mole, uh, and maybe you too. That's where we live and breathe. And you can guess by the name, the understory is usually hidden and ignored. Um, and so I really love that idea. And then he talks about how, like, Sabretooth is going to save the day and how, like, this is a story about all of us exiles. Uh, the story is about you. And I just, like, I don't know. Really love that shit. It was really good. Is it by the same team that did mm-hmm. Sabretooth? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it's by the same team. At least the same writer. I cannot remember the artist on it originally, but I'm pretty sure it is the same artist. So, yeah, it was it was really really good. Really really pleased with it. Uh, okay, so next we have Kaya. This is issue number two. This little story by Wes Craig. Uh, Just about a, a girl named Kaya and her brother. Jin. Jin, yes. Her brother Jin, um, their village was destroyed, and so they're kind of teaming up with an old friend of of hers, um, who are what are they? Are they just lizard? Yeah, they're people? just lizard. They're people. just lizard people. As far as I know, lizard riders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're teamed up with them to kind of survive and stay alive and stuff, and they're just on. A journey. They're on their journey. Yeah, yeah it's just a like a nice adventure. little venture. Yeah, I don't think there's more you can really say about... She does have a magic arm, though, which hasn't really been addressed yet. I think she's like a robot arm. Yeah. Well, it says here, magic arm. Well. So that's what I mean. Like, they've, they've yeah. said, like, hey, give me your arm. But I want to know what's magic about <laughs> it. Yeah, I love the story. I like. I really like Kaya. I really like her brother. Um, I love the lizard people. Yeah, I don't like the little asshole one, but mm-hmm. the one who's ha- like, "Let me take that kill." Yeah, like let let's. Uh, I know that he's gonna. You gotta if you're gonna have an adventure story, you've gotta have have a bad guy. Yeah, it just always. won't work otherwise. Mm-hmm. So. Especially with your when you're with lizard people, <laughs> there's gotta be a bad naughty one. Uh, all right. That's really all I have to say besides just read it, please. Yeah, it's really good. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun, and you can tell that it's going to be kind of a heavy story mm-hmm. at some point. Okay. Um, so this is Legion of X. This is issue number seven. This takes place uh, directly after the events of Judgment Day. Uh, Nightcrawler has been infected with something and he's growing horns and he doesn't know why and it's stressing him out so he's going on a little 
quest, I guess, uh, to figure out what's wrong. He goes to see Sinister first, and Sinister is very sinister And by that, I mean he says some really funny shit. Um, and the other doctor, which I can never remember his name. I'll just go to the front, where they give me the cast. Uh... Dr. Nemesis. Yes, I do remember that. Though. Yes. Um, they're kind of arguing over who's going or who would be better to help Nightcrawler in that sort of situation. But of course, he goes to Sinister first because Sinister is the one who deals with like all the mutant stuff. Mm-hmm. He isn't able to. He straight up just kills Nightcrawler, <laughs> which was really funny. It should not be as funny as it is, but it made me laugh. Um, and then in the. Um, the altar where David and Blindfold are, um, Doug and his other self. What is, this, what is he called? Damn it. I have to reference the names again. I wish I was better at remembering names. Cypher? Um, oh, of course. I'm pretty sure, yes. Because he doesn't, since they're in this other space, like this altar area that David like created he doesn't show up how he normally does mm. but it is Doug's friend yeah they they go to uh, the altar to visit David for some information on stuff and then there's a character named Mother Righteousness who is like doing some shit with Banshee I don't know I'm confused I don't know what's really going on here <laughs> anymore. There's a lot. Like, when it was just following one person, I was like, cool, I got this. But since there's so many different stories in it now, well, not even stories, it's all one story, but it just follows so many mm-hmm. different people. Like, this is this is one team, and you've got, like, all of these people, and I'm like, I can't keep up with them. Like, I can't remember half of their names. Yeah. I only started reading this because of Nightcrawler. I only care about Nightcrawler. And he's turning into a demon. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, I feel like I'm just burnt out on X-Men books. Like, I feel like I just can't do it anymore. Like, there are just so much. Like, I get excited yes. every time I see, like, a Legion of X or, like, X-Men Red. But then I read it and I'm like, oh, okay, that was it. I mean, I don't think you mean it like that. But yes, I get no. it. Because... That when you say that's it, it means it seems like it's very short, but that's no, never the no, case. It's, it's not, like no. crazy dense. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's a lot. There's like a lot of people to remember. Like I just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am tired of these wars. I'm tired of all these events. I'm tired of like one event making twelve books. Like just just give me one. Yeah, I feel like after House and Powers, we've both been kind of on X Men burnout since we grabbed all of the X-Men books and then it's just like it is really hard we get it that's why I only have like the two it just sucks because like in each of them there is a character that I really enjoy or I like am interested to see what they're gonna do with it and like you miss one issue and then all of a sudden all this shit happens Mm -hmm. so I don't know I'm gonna keep Legion just I do want it at least the rest of this story arc because I am like what the fuck is happening to Nightcrawler who is that yeah it's weird it doesn't make any sense why is it <laughs> happening anyway uh okay on a completely different note <laughs> um I have it's lonely at the center of the earth this is a book by uh Zothero Good this documents uh six months in her life uh, she suffers from, I would say, extreme suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Um, and this book kind of chronicles those very, very honestly. Uh, I would definitely suggest that if you do pick up this book, which I do highly suggest, just be in a comfortable place. Um, you don't necessarily have to be in a comfortable headspace because that's not necessarily always the case. For everybody, but I would suggest to be somewhere where you feel feel at least a little bit of happiness because this will bring you down. Um, I have only read about a fourth of it, but I really, really, really like it. Um, I love her art style a lot. Um, I like how she's exploring her life in a really interesting way. 
Uh, there's an aspect of this book that just like blew me away because while she was doing this book, she was finishing up uh, The Art on Rain. And within this book, she brings in like the characters and like stuff from Rain to like talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that was, yeah, that was, I thought it was something that was really, really cool. She explores like several different types of art styles within the book itself, which I really, really liked. Um, yeah, I just, overall, I think this is something that's worth picking up. Like I said, I just feel like making sure you're in a, a, a space where you feel comfortable and happy-ish is, like, super important. Just because there's a page in there that, like, really fucked with me person- <laughs> personally. And I'm usually pretty, pretty good about that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. I think it's worth picking up. It's $13, dollars twelve ninety nine. It's not bad and there's just so much there. And she's so young. She's only like 23, so I think that's wild. <laughs> just like, you know, but you don't quite know yet, young one. So, yeah. 23? Yeah. I mean, I had suicidal ideations when I was 23, too. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't change the mental illness of it. <laughs> no, I just was expecting her to be a lot older. Yeah, no, I think that's something that, like, that is the one thing I do preference this with because I do think that's something important to keep in mind just because you're a completely different person when you're 23 versus, like, 10 years down the line. And I think this will be something interesting for her personally to like see and explore later because it's I think going to feel different for her you know that would be hard (laughs) but like this is also on just such a huge huge scale that I don't know it's hard to be that vulnerable on such a big scale at such a young age so I do applaud that I think it's, no, I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> it's just going to take forever. I was going to say, I feel like it's a lot harder for, like, people our age to think about doing that at that age. Whereas, like, a lot of younger people now, I've noticed, are more comfortable talking about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't grow up with the same kind of shame that we did yeah, when it came yeah. to it. But I do, I like that. I, I think everyone needs to talk about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it makes me really happy to see younger people talking about their feelings like that because we didn't get to so cool anyway (laughs) uh this is end after end issue number three this is just about uh walt a guy named walt Mm -hmm. who who is dead and he's in this place called end after end i was expecting a way different name than that but just a basically a fantasy purgatory Mm -hmm. um with what appears to be a fucking cop. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to... <laughs> that's, that's fair. It is. I Because I didn't even... When I was reading it, that's not how I took it at all. I was like, oh, cool, he's got a gun. <laughs> well, he's being an asshole. He just shot some dude, and then he's like, we're going to actually take over this whole end after end and i didn't even realize that he's got the vest on and everything god damn it i just thought it was some dude who like killed himself and that's how he ended up with the gun and purgatory i mean it's possible i I mean he could be like a fucking (laughs) unabomber situation or like any dumb fuck republican who wears stupid vests around town like they're big strong men who said anything about giving yeah he's got sunglasses on the back of his head (laughs) um i like this book it's this issue was particularly weird yeah Um, it was kind of hard with some cuts and i think the story as a whole felt very like in this issue specifically like staccato Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word just very like it very much was like that because in every issue they've been doing like a flashback of like some important moment in his life, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it just felt really out of place. 
yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Excited about just seeing what happens to this cop. Yeah, yeah, the cop. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't even put that together. All right. Okay, so we have Nice House on the Lake. This is issue number 11. We have one more issue left. It's the penultimate issue. And let me tell you, this issue was kind of bananas. Yeah, it's... I have to say, like, before we start, this page, when it first comes back, like, the art... Oh, isn't that so good? I, like, stared at this for a few minutes earlier when I was reading this because I was like... Uh, the last few issues, the art has been com- not completely different, but I think a little bit more uh, defined mm-hmm. than the first story arc. Like a lot of lines and stuff have a lot more, like I guess, meaning, and you can kind of tell the characters a lot more between each other than it mm-hmm. was in the first story arc. And I don't know if that's... I wonder if that was done on purpose because they're getting their memories back. And now we're starting to remember who each one is. <laughs> I'm telling you, this book must mess with our minds. Because oh that's like God. when I said we had that break and I couldn't remember anything. Yeah. And they couldn't remember anything. It was like, you really are put in their place. Mm-hmm. It, um, it makes you feel like you're going crazy like they are. Because it's it's hard to explain. It's well, very hard to explain. Well, and I like how when they're getting their memories back in this issue, it's also kind of telling you what had happened mm-hmm. in the last several issues. So you're... You're able to, like, go fully around without actually having to necessarily, like, go back and read those issues. It adds that depth to the story still without being repetitive. Um, yeah, this book is something else. I fucking, I love it so much. Like, I'm so ready to see how it ends and see what happens. And all the twists and turns in this issue, I was, that, yeah, that page in the deprivation tank, Ugh. It gave me the willies. And then there's that twist at the end, too. Well, not the twist, but the reveal mm-hmm. at the end where you, like, see what's actually happening. Yeah, this is going to be a crazy ending, and I love this book. I did not expect this silly little book to, like, be as good. I should not have doubted it, but I did not expect it to be as good as it is. Well, I think within that first issue, it felt like something you had read or seen before, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the tone of it, the way, like, this is what happens. It's just like, well, yeah, I've I've read a story that's Mm -hmm. like this. I've seen a movie that's like this. But, like, the way that it, like, really, like, the story unfolds and, like, the way that everyone learns about everything and Walter and his relationships with everybody are just so intriguing. And it's just such a great, like, character piece. Yeah, because, like, why? <laughs> yeah, why? why did you do this? Why? Especially, yeah. Because they they even introduce his parents in mm-hmm. this one, too, and it's like, why? <laughs> like, he, I don't even know. I can't wait for this, for this last issue. It's going to be fantastic. All right, another penultimate. Another penultimate. This is do a powerbomb. This is issue number six. I don't have a whole bunch to say about this particular issue just because we are near the end. Um, I love this cover so much yeah this cover is so good uh but yeah this you're just learning more like you learn more backstory about um why can't i what's her name lona lona yeah or the mom the mom um shoot luna the um okay there's i just remember steel rose steel rose yeah i can't remember what her name is i'm sorry no you're good you just learn more about the relationship that like her dad had with her mom and how they met and so just just the dynamics the bouncing back and forth uh between like now and the past and then uh lona's like talking to her father about yua 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 uh their relationship and how things have changed after their father or their mother her mother had died and it's just it's it's really good. It's really powerful. Extremity. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, this book is, uh, I guess I sh- from what you've all told me about all of his other books, they're all very heavy and, yeah. and deep. But this one's very much family-oriented, which 
I think that's like also a theme within his books because I I personally haven't read Extremity, but I know that Extremity is very like family oriented as well. Okay. Um, even though Murder Falcon isn't about like family, family, it's still about like found family. Right, which is family. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. There's something about Daniel Warren Johnson. He's just so good. Like I I don't get it. I don't understand how he does it. Like I don't. He does such like. Even with this one, it's like the ending is so silly. Like the one page before the very last page is like the like the cuts between the past and the present are so insane because it's like what the fuck? Because <laughs> they're done so like fluidly. Because normally I get confused about that kind of stuff. Like especially if it's the same artist who's doing it. Because I'm like, okay, what? But he it's he makes it so easy. Mm-hmm. And like it's just like this one thing is really weird and outrageous and ludicrous and then this thing mm-hmm. is really like grounding and human it's ugh. i every i know i do this every time we talk about this book it's just so fucking good um and i can never like i just you have to read everything that daniel warren johnson does i, I swear to god you would not be disappointed this book makes me wish i had a dad <laughs> yeah and that too and a mom like yeah. i wish i had parents <laughs> And just, like, somebody who loves you enough. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> anyway, let's do a power bomb number six. Um, I would, I know we're pretty far in, so I would say pick it up when it comes out and trade because... I think it would be more beneficial to read that way as much as I do enjoy having single issues. I think reading it all at once would just mm-hmm. make you cry more. So I just feel like it's <laughs> worth it more. Well, and I think that's the nice thing about this book, though, too, is that it's been coming out regularly. So mm-hmm. you don't have, like, as much of a, a break, I guess. With, right. So you can still emotionally connect with your characters, like, without having, like, four months between. And it is only seven issues, so that, that truly does help a mm-hmm. lot, too. Like, I don't know limited series if you're great at building characters then they're fantastic i say yeah if you can get in and out tell a good story mm-hmm. those are the best uh that's all i got do you got anything i don't have anything no more comics we're out of comics no, we're done surprisingly okay bye <laughs> <laughs> so yeah go support your local comic shops buy some comic books if you're in omaha uh stop by legend comics on saturday jeremy hun and jason hurley will be there for their approach tour which is their new book um support your local libraries be good to your friends and to each other uh and to yourself honestly because it's hard sometimes um if you voted i'm sorry you know everything sucks we'll i don't know we'll kill them if nothing i suppose I don't care. I'll go down. FBI, don't come after me. I'm not going to actually murder come anyone. Come after me. I dare you. I work for an insurance company. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the, the flippity flip.